the advent of the internet and of open access has definitely changed the accessibility of research outcomes. Storing scientific data electronically has now widened the range of investigation and the quantity of information available. Welcome to the LifeWatch Eric podcast, A Window on Science, from the European Infrastructure for Biodiversity and Ecosystem Research. It's a pleasure to have your company again today. I'm Julian Kenny, Communication Officer. Now, these Season 3 podcasts have touched on a little bit um, what it's like to be a researcher in environmental sciences. And one aspect we haven't really mentioned so far is publications which are important, they can be seen as the vehicle of a researcher's career. Like everything else, publishing research is undergoing change in the digital age. And here to explain the innovative role of the Biodiversity Data Journal, instigated by LifeWatch Eric, is Cristina Di Buri from the Italian National Research Council, CNR, based at the Università del Salento in Lecce. Welcome to the studio, Christina. Hi, Julian. Thanks for having me today. This is all very exciting. It's exciting to have you talking about <laughs> such an important topic. Look, I mean, um, publications have always been the proof of scientific research and therefore the lifeblood of scientific careers. Is that right? Yeah, Julian, this is correct. Indeed, the publication have always been used as measures of research outcomes especially in academic research, and it is common assumption that publications are, in fact, the output of the research. This is, however, a simplistic vision of the role of publication in science. Publishing is indeed a vital part of the research cycle itself, which includes hypothesis formulation, secure future fundings to conduct more studies, the research process itself, and the dissemination of the results. Through publishing, authors can report an idea and can communicate that idea. Uh, yeah. For empirical studies, uh, authors can persuade readers that their results are accurate, verifiable, and repeatable because they have been validated through the application of the scientific method. Through publishing, authors can have their claim accepted by peer and they can get recognition for their idea and can have a permanent public record of their work. Other than the dissemination and of future research careers, publishing is fundamental to securing future, fu- future fundings, which is in turn crucial to conduct further research. And this is again the research cycle. Yeah, so uh, to some extent, it's been a, a matter of the money. Where's the money going to come from? Exactly. But, there have been substantial changes. It's, of course, no surprise that there are massive changes with the technical, technological revolution. Yeah, well, uh, the advent of the internet and of open access has definitely changed the accessibility of research outcomes. Storing scientific data electronically has now widened the range of investigation and the quantity of information available. In the past, for example, most researchers uh, would store their findings on a personal computer or even on papers. And in some cases, this led to researcher hoarding, which is like 
not sharing their data and creating silos. Mm. Scientific data uh, were then not easily available for reuse, and then they cannot be used to um, um, respond to bigger questions. Okay. A major driver in the establishment of Life for Cherik was the need for open science and centralized HPC facilities. To uh, HPC, lovely acronym. <laughs> that's, a, that's like a spicy sauce? Yeah, it's like computational power. So like uh, it's the acronym of uh, High Performance Computing Facilities okay, thank you. to allow <laughs> researchers to integrate data from a number of sources which means having harmonized data and metadata description mm. and manage the enormous amount of information being collected by different collection methods, such as remote sensing, stable isotope, observational data, genetic data, and more. So the internal joint initiative has made available resources and web services within Tesseract virtual research environment mm. to expand the capacity to perform big data analysis, as well as temporal and geographical scales at which research can be conducted. This is in recognition that significant research these days needs to be more collaborative and transdisciplinary, since everything is connected to everything, aiming to produce and publish what is called open-linked data. Okay, what our CEO Christos likes to call um, democratic data democratization yes, of, of open data. Um, exactly. So this transdisciplinary, collaborative, democratic approach has changed the nature of publications. Yes, sure. Uh, we have now data papers, for example, which describe the available published data sets and services paper that instead describe web services available within the virtual research environments. Right. These type of papers were not common till a few years ago, I would say, and not everyone is really aware of their potential. Classic scientific papers interpret the data one time, and then those data might well be unavailable to others. Mm. Yeah. Data papers offer the possibility to describe data sets, including the conditions and the context of their acquisition and their potential utility. Their main function is therefore to inform about and link to research data on data repositories, contributing to their findability and their usability. Okay. Shareable data can be unlocked many times in our investigation as long as it's fair and published within an open repository. Fair, as we've mentioned a few times, as in findable, accessible, interoperable and reusable data, yeah? That's correct, Julian. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Life for Cherry indeed uh, has offered the possibility, the possibility to publish data and services papers within a topical collection of Biodiversity Data Journal, which is a community peer review and open access journal of the Pensop Publishing House. Right. Life for Cherry pays for the management for the management of such a topical collection so that readers can download the articles for free. Mm, cool. And to date, indeed, we have already three data papers available on such topical collection. Terrific. And look, I know it's just the beginning, uh, but what are these three papers available on 
on the BGJ, to use my biodiversity data journal. What are they about? <laughs> so uh, at the moment, we have uh, three data papers which describe uh, five different data sets. Uh, two of them can be used, uh, well, not two of them, but three of them can be used uh, for uh, within the uh, functional biogeography workflow of uh, the Internal Joint Initiative. And they describe uh, stabilized data of Kalinectes sapidus and Procamberus clarki mm. um, and of their prey species. So they can be used for stabilized analysis. And uh, another paper um, uh, describe um, two different data sets with occurrence data of alien and native species in Italian marine and transitional waters. Mm. And they can be used to calculate the incidence within the uh, biotope workflow, um, which is also accessible uh, from uh, um, uh, the tested act virtual research environment. Mm. Current, the, all these workflows are nowadays available um, within uh, uh, the Life for Cherry Internal Joint Initiative webpage. Would like to remind this yeah. to our <laughs> listeners. And it's lovely to see that you've included Kalinectes, which is the Atlantic blue crab, and um, Procamberus, which is the Louisiana crayfish. Both of which we've talked about before. These my favourite invasive species. Um, <laughs> so you have these papers. Um, what's the uptake been like? Um, do you get many visits, downloads? And what do you think of the future? I mean, obviously, you're feeling optimistic about the future of data and services papers. Well, first of all, uh, I would like to invite as many people as possible to contribute to this collection and to join us because we can provide repositories for data and associated metadata. Mm. And we can support uh, with the publication process through biodiversity data journals. Right. And we want to create a community of interested people and interested mm. scientists mm. to join us. To get everybody working together. Exactly. Look, we look forward. We hope to see more data papers being published on the uh, Biodiversity Data Journal in the near future. Um, Christina, thank you very much for curating this collection and for explaining this um, democratization of research publications. It's all very interesting. Good on you. Thanks to you, Julian, for this opportunity. Anytime. For those of you who might like to access these papers mentioned today, please go to the internal joint initiative page of www.lifewatch.eu and select publications. They're all available there. My thanks also to my producer, Fabrizio Lecce, and above all, to you, our outstanding listeners, all of you out there. Thank you. Please remember, these podcasts are also available on Amazon, Apple, Google, and Spotify platforms, as well as on our portal. Just look for LifeWatch Eric, and you'll find them all. And just to add a little spoiler, in two weeks' time, we're starting a new season looking at a number of important European environmental research infrastructures. So, something to look forward to. My thanks again to everybody, to you, Christina, and I look forward to our next encounter here on A Window on Science.